0: Welcome to the Optimist Chronicles, your emotional safe space to explore and be whoever you are and feel all of your feelings. I'm your host, Anna Marie Green, clinical therapist, expert anxiety coach, intuitive healer, and soul led optimist. Here to bring you all the topics and conversations to help you become more of yourself and see life in a more positive view. Let's get it. Hi, guys. Before the episode begins, I wanted to hop on here and just let you know that my February calendar for anxiety readings is now open. If you have been curious about um, what an anxiety reading is or you've been interested in scheduling one, now is a great time. An anxiety reading is an energetic healing and reading where I connect with the energy of your anxiety and pull the specific root causes, um, where it's impacting your life the most, um, and then the specific and tangible steps to heal and process your specific wounds that are triggering causing the anxiety to kind of take over and prevent you from moving forward. There's also a really fun part at the end of the reading where I talk about how to use your anxiety to manifest. So if you're curious or someone you know would benefit from this reading, head to the show notes and find out more information on Instagram or you can go to my website directly and book an appointment. I can't wait to see you guys then. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, happy Wednesday and happy late Valentine's Day or Love Day, whatever you guys call it, to everyone out there. I don't know about you guys, but my Valentine's Day was particularly busy, not because I had like hot dates or anything, but I, as I'm getting older, I'm discovering that my love language is less and less just like words of affirmation and used to be gifts and more acts of service. And so yesterday I worked, I recorded this podcast and Um, then I prepared dinner and dessert for Sarah, my best friend and my roommate and my daughter. And I mean, like I did the whole nine yards. I cut up strawberries into little hearts and then I like did the chocolate thing. I made cookies. I made, um, vegan meatballs and shaped them into hearts. Like I really did the things. Um, and really because like, I, I do love doing those kinds of things and my daughter even ate the vegan, the plant-based, the veggie meatballs, which I was very surprised. I didn't tell her till afterwards and she was like, mom, this is good. You should make different shaped meatballs for every holiday. And I was like, ha you've got an entire serving of vegetables in that one meatball. Mwah, ha, ha! Evil, diabolical laugh. Now I feel like I can take over the world because I got my daughter to eat a serving of vegetables. <laughs> Um, but besides that it was just a wonderful day and it just the interview that you guys are about to listen to with Ashton is no words can truly describe how beautiful it was and I knew that it was going to be impactful and powerful but it truly had this big Influence on me, and it was exactly what I needed. On Valentine's Day, we were originally supposed to do the interview on Monday, but I had oral oral surgery on Friday, and my face was just not ready to be talking for a full hour yet. Um, and I'm so glad that it actually that the universe called for us to reschedule because it was the exact kind of conversation that I think that I needed on Valentine's Day. And it was so great to talk to someone who truly understands and has experienced different things um, when it comes to motherhood and life in general. And so that's why I'm really excited for you guys. It didn't, it was, you know, the theme of the interview was talking about motherhood, but it took on this really beautiful adventure that you guys are about to listen to. And now, uh, some background on Ashton, on our guest, is that I, was introduced and connected to her through um, my undergraduate college, St. Francis University. She also went to St. Francis, and we actually ended up getting pregnant around the same time. Her daughter is about a month and a half older than than my daughter, and we are the same age. So we were both juniors in college when we surprisingly found out we were pregnant, and it really changed the trajectory of our lives. And during this conversation, we really get into, you know, the journey into motherhood and how motherhood is not just this thing that all of a sudden you're thrown into. It's something that you continue to grow into and that you are growing through the entire process. You know, when we think about motherhood, so many of clients that I've worked with and people that I know really are like, okay, motherhood is this black and white thing, but it is this growing and living Process. It's not just a title. It is something that we live every day, and you can make a choice to make it your own. And we really get into that, especially, you know, venturing out from parenting in a different way than our parents did, as well as growing up with having a child. You know, we got pregnant younger, and we're doing the single parent thing, and it's a different experience than other women have um, and we just have this different insight that I thought was really beautiful and that can be really freeing for those of you who are listening who are moms who are just kind of stressed out and stuck in the day-to-day and feeling like you lost your sense of identity you know motherhood has a <laughs> history of totally engrossing us and, and and encapsulizing our identities as women. So this is a really powerful episode, whether you are a mother or you're thinking that you want to be a mother in the future, this is a great episode. And we touch on some really good topics of personal peace, self-care, um, all that kind of stuff. And I'm really excited to share it with you. So Ashton Height is a passionate, passionate mother, holistic nutritionist, and aspiring naturopathic doctor who finds purpose helping others find their confidence and voice in their own healing journey mind body and spirit she's grown to merge the love she has as a mother into a profession that can utilize the empathetic nurturing and supportive supportive characteristics that role teaches she does a whole person approach where she dives into what you can put into onto and around your body your environment and your habits in order to educate each person on an individualistic approach to to life modifications and modifications that suit your needs best. She is so powerful. She's really just one of the most beautiful souls that I know um, that I've had the privilege of knowing. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear what she has to say and her experiences. And for any mothers out there especially if you're a single mother or you're a young mother, just know that you are not alone and there are people out there. There is a community, a village out there waiting for you, waiting to help to support you. So enjoy this episode. Happy belated Valentine's Day. Show yourself some love. Love is the most important thing that we can give to ourselves and to the people around us. Okay. See you guys after. Bye-bye. Right. Hi everyone. This, I have a wonderful guest on with me today. This is Ashton. We went to St. Francis together. Although I feel like we kind of like missed each other when we were there a little bit. For sure. Yes. Yes. But she is a wonderful, we're here talking about motherhood today and personal peace and all of the wonderful juicy things. Um, It's Valentine's day. So it's perfect timing for all of the mothers and ladies who are becoming mothers out there. So Ashton, thank
1: you for having me.
0: Yeah. One of the first things I ask everyone is what does it mean to be an optimist to you and how do you, you know, connect to optimism or your inner optimist?
1: Right. So like I was reading this and I thought, wow, I really used to be the opposite. I used to be so pessimistic, but unintentionally, right? Like just, it's an addictive feeling, always feeling like you're expecting the worst. And you do that because you don't want to feel disappointed. You don't want to feel let down. But, you know, I feel like when you go through that phase, that's how you learn how to be optimistic. And so I think that for me, I can confidently say that being optimistic is about just remaining hopeful and, you know, finding a way even in situations that are adverse or you're struggling. And because those kinds of situations, they leave us confused, they leave us defeated. So we have to find a way to just push forward through them. And I feel like that that's being optimistic in and of itself, and even accepting when you're not okay or acknowledging you know that life has mountains and valleys and and it's okay to feel like you're not okay. yeah, and we're not always going to feel positive or euphoric, but yeah. knowing that we can embrace our obstacles and embrace them as lessons, or um, knowing that there's a greater purpose throughout these journeys of our life, um, and that the payoff far exceeds the struggle. I think that that has really changed things for me and how I perceive life just in general um, has allowed me to be more optimistic.
0: That's awesome. So when did you, when do you feel like you made the switch from like pessimistic to optimistic? When did you see that change?
1: Definitely during motherhood, but probably when I ventured out of my hometown, out of my parents' house onto my own, Yeah. um, because that's when the biggest adjustment
0: happened for sure. Okay. Was there like a big moment or do you think it just kind of, gradually happened over time
1: yeah I feel like it gradually happened I think that I had to face it you know there was one point where I really had to face it and sit down and tell myself man you're being negative negative," and yeah. like you really just thrive off of thinking yeah. in this cycle of negativity and and you're never going to get out of that unless you start to have a different mindset and perspective on things
0: yeah so you know you said it was really in motherhood and motherhood has a lot of challenges mm-hmm. where it can be very easy to not be yeah. honest Tell us a little bit about like your journey into motherhood. I know we have very similar time timelines, like yes, a, I think like a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's ebbed and flowed. It has been a crazy last six years. There have been much more that has happened in the six years of motherhood than happened in the six years of college, you know, Yes. <laughs> time. and it's just crazy. I feel like yeah. the most growth and healing has happened in Mm -hmm. these past six years, but especially the past four years, like after she kind of reached that peak of toddler, like preschool area. And, um, you know, she's watched me make a lot of mistakes. And I just I watch her have so much grace with me. And it really has shown me that I need to have more grace with myself. Yeah. And that is just one of the biggest things that I've learned so far. But um, you know, at first, I didn't think I was capable of it because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. It was kind of an off guard uh, situations. So yes. I didn't really know what I was doing, but, uh, it's really just made me assess myself and yeah. even my own childhood and the way I want a mother. Um, yeah. but it has been, you know, it has been a Journey.
0: That's what yeah. it's it. yes, yes, yes. So I, I know for I don't know what your like find out story was. I know for me it was like very unexpected. It was like yes, a couple of weeks into the semester at Saint Francis, my yeah. our year, and um, and I was definitely in denial because I did not want to take a test. Um, <laughs> but w- for me the hardest thing was really I was like I'm not prepared for this baby, like this poor child, and I found that mindset following me for probably like you said like the first couple of years where i was just like i felt undeserving to be a mother what were your mm-hmm. kind of big op- mindset obstacles um and kind of coming through that unexpected timeline
1: yeah so mine is a really similar story i uh, it was i think it was right at the end of the semester i think we were just going into christmas break okay and i'm sitting in my parents house and i'm like you know what i feel off I feel funny, and I'm like, I I can't be. There's no way. And um, so I went to take the test. You know, I was actually eager to take it because I was like, I I need to know. And yeah. I took it, but you know, even before I took it, I just knew. Yeah. I, for some reason, I just oh, knew. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it was positive, and I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm like, how are we gonna assess this? What are we gonna do now? Because I had this whole planned for my life. I had yeah. this whole like 10 year plus plan Same. that yeah. <laughs> I was like, now what, you yes. know? Yeah. Um, so the, and the biggest obstacle for me was really, you know, I lived in Loretto. That's where I'm from. I don't live okay. there anymore, but yeah. it's a small town yeah. and I'm like, oh gosh, like what's everyone going to think? You know, I'm in college. Nobody really knows what's going on with my life. And now they're, everyone's just going to know. Yeah. And um, it was like, how am I going to finish school with the mental battle of caring what people think I think yeah. that was the biggest thing for me yeah and I I hid my pregnancy yeah just oh, about did. the entire time <laughs> Me <too>. I, <laughs> I really did,
0: did. I did you for as and long as humanly possible
1: <laughs> so did I I wore the baggiest clothes you know I'd be like I have to run to the restroom real quick you know in the middle of my 8 a.m class yeah. and i would come back and I remember one of my good friends she's looking at me up and down she's like I'm just not gonna say anything at all and yeah. I'm like yeah. So I hit it, but you know, I look back and after the fact, I did not need to, I yeah. did not need to. Yeah. It, everybody was so supportive at that school, the oh, peers, yeah. oh, the, the teachers. Yes. yes the oh, admin I, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I would have saved myself a lot of anxiety and stress had I just not, was not so worried and concerned thinking the na- most negative possible, yes. right. That everyone was just going to think differently of me because that just yeah. wasn't the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was the same way, even though I had, I told my profess my, not my, all my professors, but my main ones right away. And they were so supportive. I mean, I was a social work major, so of course they were supportive, (laughs) but I just remember being like, they're just faking being supportive. They probably think this, this, and this of me. So uh, yes. When do you feel like um, that mindset started to shift where you didn't, you started to not care what people think or you started to realize people were actually quite supportive um and just kind of owning where you're at
1: definitely after I had her and I took her in with me for the first time I had her in her little carrier yeah. and I remember I didn't have a choice I had to take her to class with me and yeah. I remember one of my professors was like are you babysitting today and I'm like oh no this is my daughter she's two weeks old <laughs> they were like what what are you doing here and- <laughs> Yeah, I'm like no I I want to be here I really want to be here and they embraced it I mean they threw me a baby shower and it was just the 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 best thing and all of my classmates were so supportive and I'm like you know what this whole time I really didn't have to be so anxious about that I really didn't have to be so stressed and and it was really in that moment because I will I will admit that during my pregnancy there, there there was negativity there was judgment and I think once I had her and I saw her, and I realized that I had to set an example for her, I really it just kind of clicked for me yeah. that it didn't really matter what anyone had to say anyway, yeah, um because you know this she's a blessing and and everything that comes with this this journey of motherhood is just a blessing and it's purposeful and i I don't need to be worried about people thinking otherwise,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely so what were you would you say? Were the bis- biggest obstacles kind of thus far in your journey, like into motherhood? Because I always tell people, I'm like, we always think that it's just like you're either a mother or you're not, but it's really something that I found that you grow into and you grow into your unique identity.
1: Yeah. So for me personally, um, aside from college and finishing in yes. college, <laughs> it was definitely becoming a yep. single mother. <laughs> yes. Um, that was a whole just eye opener for me. Yeah. You know, it went from um, me only having to worry about myself and worrying about school and worrying about what I wanted to do to, oh my gosh, I'm taking care of this child on my own. I have to yeah. make sure that I can provide for both of us. I have to make sure that I can get it out of our parents' house. Like I, you know, it was, yeah. that was my first obstacle. And it wasn't even just the providing part. It was the emotional part. I didn't really have a lot of emotional support and I really struggled with postpartum because I felt really lonely. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I guess for me, I thought the solution would be to move out and live on my own.
0: Yeah.
1: Which that kind of exacerbated the loneliness and the okay. the struggles. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because then I started a uh, work from home job and she was still staying at home with me because I couldn't afford to put her in daycare. Yeah. So I was working, yeah, I was working from home and I was in my graduate program. And I thought, man, what am I doing? Like, yeah. why am I putting so much on my plate? But um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that taught me a whole, a whole other set of skills that I'm thankful for. Yeah. Nonetheless, I, but I, I wouldn't want to do that again. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was grieving the old me that I never got to experience as a young, you know, 20, 21 year old, 22 year old woman. Yeah. Um, And being okay with grieving that, being okay saying I I I didn't get to do that and I'm gonna miss that, but but embracing the new and improved me, the me that I felt like she saved me from,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome that you brought that up because I don't think a lot of people talk about this. I used to think about this on on walks all the time with just like we don't talk about how part of becoming a mother is grieving who you used to be and grieving how life was beforehand what was that grief process like for you and that transition into, you know, who you identify with as today?
1: For me, I think at first I watched my peers. I watched the other young ambitious women being successful, finishing school, um, even going out and having fun with whether it was their significant other or their friends. And I just, I, I felt a little bit of resentment. I will admit, I started to feel that pent up resentment for like, I didn't get that. Why didn't I get that? And then yeah. you have to let go of it. You have to feel it, but you have to let go of it because resentment is not something that you can hold on to. Yeah. And nonetheless, you know, I never would change having her when I did for anything. Yeah. But I had to acknowledge that there were going to be different, maybe not so positive emotions about being a young mother. Yeah. And, um, but it was really letting go of the, the resentment that I felt towards. Watching other women that age, yeah, absolutely. living a different life than I was,
0: yeah. Now, how did you because i I felt the same thing where like I have to acknowledge that she's not going to necessarily have the life that I maybe always dreamed that I would give to my children right away, or that she's going to have a very different life than if I have other children down the road. Um, how do you grapple with, or how did you deal with that? balance of like, okay, letting those, those feelings go and just showing up, not just showing up, but just accepting where you're at. Because I found that like, and, uh, and other women I've talked to really struggle with this guilt that can feel very heavy and impact, you know, how, how you're connecting with your child.
1: Yeah. That's crazy that you said that, because I, I think that at the beginning I had a hard time connecting with her the way that I do now, because of that, I felt the same emotions where even now I look and I'm, I think I, have so much more experience yeah. and knowledge and love now to give that I will feel guilty sometimes thinking that when I have future children, I'm going to do so much better. And yeah. I hope she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't resent me or, yeah. or feel upset with me for her not having the same lifestyle as her younger siblings. And, yeah. but you know what, I had to look at it and think she at some age, at mm-hmm. some time in her life, she'll look at that in a different perspective than how I am now. And yeah. I think she'll just be thankful that no matter what, I still did the best that I could for her and for yeah. us. And that at the end of the day, I really did strive to put us first and her first. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, really take care of myself and show her that yeah. amidst all of that, I had the ability to prioritize my self-care because I feel like if we don't prioritize ourselves as mothers, we cannot. Yes or I'm sorry, ourselves as women, we cannot prioritize (laughs)
0: ourselves as others. Yes, absolutely. Which like that, it brings us kind of into like the next point of just like, how do you protect like personal peace or preserve your personal peace? Because I know even for myself as a mom, but the women that I grew up watching, they didn't give themselves peace. Everything was like, all of their energy was just to their children. Their identity was their being a mom, all that kind of stuff. And I have found for myself, that doesn't work for me. If I don't have my own personal peace, my own stuff, I cannot show up as my best self as a mother.
1: Yeah, that was how I was. I found my, I felt like I lost my identity when I got pregnant with her a little bit, you know, because I had to completely change the trajectory of my life. Yeah, And then I had her and I devoted my life to her. Like, I felt like there was not an identity outside of motherhood. Yeah, And I had this girlfriend who was like, you need to find the you that was before you had her because you cannot find your identity in her or you're going to live your life through her and it yeah. is going to cause her issues when she's older and um, I think it was when I became a single mom and I had to have that shared time with her father and he would have her on weekends and I didn't know what to do with myself here yeah. I am feeling guilty like I, I should be with my daughter all the time like you know I didn't have control over what was going on when he was yeah. taking care of her and yeah. that disrupted my personal peace you know but when I let go of that and I let go of that that need for control of, yeah. of not over her but over the I guess way that her life will go because I just wanted everything to be perfect for her yeah that I, I found a lot more peace I found a lot more calmness in my mental state um, and I think it was just a lot of that guilt that was pent up I I released that when I became a single mom because I started to have that free time to myself and yeah. I started to find who I was. I started to find my passions and my purpose aside from my yeah. purpose as a mom yeah. and which flourished into what I'm doing now, because, you know, had I never had her, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, because my, my career path, my lifestyle was completely different yeah. before I ever had her. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that's, I find yeah. my personal peace through prioritizing myself.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how your career path has changed and what you're doing now.
1: So um, I went to school for pre-med and I was going to go to medical school Mm -hmm. and that was the plan from the time I was in middle school. So I worked towards that, worked towards that. Even after I had her, I um, took the test to become accepted into medical school. I was accepted and I sat there at the table. She was about a year old and I looked at success letter and I said you know what this just doesn't feel right I don't know what it is but this just doesn't feel right yeah and I'll never forget my parents looking at me like what you just spent six seven years of your time devoted to this and I said no I I still want to help people and I want to help in their healing process but I feel like that's going to look different yeah and so um Right now I am a holistic nutritionist, but I'm working towards becoming a doctor of naturopathic medicine. That's awesome. So still in the health and wellness, but I'm much more into um, botanical medicine now than um, conventional because I really, I really just want to be someone who paves the way between conventional and integrative medicine, combining the two and really just, um, you know, assessing the whole person, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. And yeah that could be with motherhood or that could be, you yeah. know, any stage of your life.
0: Yeah, so. absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way where I had a 10-year plan and I was going to do law school and my MSW together because I wanted to be, I wanted to run for Senate when I was 25. And, um, but I had Scarlett at however old, 22, and that put a gist in things. And I still went to get my graduate degree, but then I decided not to. Continue with law school, and now I'm a therapist <laughs> and then a to healer. So it's very different. Path still helping people, but very different. So I totally understand that. What do you feel? You know, I, I know that we've kind of talked about the different like lifestyle balance and like slowing down and giving yourself that time to to just kind of be still. How has that changed, and what helped you to change change that in a way of like, oh, it's okay for me to take my time to heal or it's okay for me to take some space.
1: Yeah, I've always been very on the go, and very, yeah. I have to get this done, I have to prove myself, I have to keep going, I can't stop, Um, and I would say I did that up until about a year ago, okay. when I had a friend come to me, and they were just like, you know, I think that you just need to take some time off, and I said, what is that? I can't do that, <laughs> like, I, I have to do this and that for for my daughter and myself, I can't take time off, and But my health was really being impacted. I mean, my physical health, um, my mental health, my emotional health, I was just completely overworking myself. I was burnt out. And I don't feel like I had much of a choice. I felt like I was sitting there thinking if I don't take a break, if I don't rest, I am not going to be able to push forward in this. And it was in that restful state that I thought, you know, sometimes just being is more powerful than always having to hustle and be on the go. Yeah, Because I feel like you, you learn so much and you see so much through just being and just resting yeah. and being in a, in a state of presence, especially with your child that yeah. you don't get when you're constantly on the go and you constantly have things bombarding your mind and an agenda and all these different things that you have to do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Now, something else that I wanted to ask, cause I, and I meant to circle back to that earlier, but you said, you talked about like the process of becoming a single mother and separating from mm-hmm. um, your daughter's father. You know what was that like for you and you know because I know a lot of women including like myself who would say, you know, I'm just going to stay with this partner because it'll be easier. It's what my child would want, you know, regardless of how they're actually feeling on the inside. So what how was that process for you and what advice do you have for women who might be, you know, listening and thinking I haven't been happy in my relationship for so long but I already have kids.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how it was for me. And I had a lot of people in my corner telling me, you know, you have a child with this person, you need to think about um a two person household for the sake of her well being and you need to think about her, 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 her. Yeah. And I'm like in my brain, I'm like, you know what, but I'm this is not a good situation right now. We're both very young. We both had her way before we knew each other, who each other, yeah. you know, we were. Yeah. And um when when we separated, it was It was good and bad. It was good because I felt like I had the space to really come to find who I was and heal from previous situations, previous relationships, even before him or my relationship with my parents even. Um, But I don't regret it because while it was probably one of the harder things I've had to do was taking care of her on my own and having that the support all on my back and having no help with that mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it because I felt like even he grew and I grew more than we would have if we would have stayed together okay. and I feel like we are closer to her and have a better bond with her now yeah. having prioritized our own selves yeah um than we would have if we would have been just trying to make it work and not really focusing on what we needed to do individually okay So, you know, and I have the utmost respect for him and love for him because I mean, our relationship is great. We're the best of friends now because we just are able to get along so much better now, having had that space and time to really grow um, for her and for ourselves. Yeah. So, for the women out there that are, you know, feel like you have to stay because you feel like there's no other way, I just want to encourage you to. Really assess the situation in terms of your own self and prioritize yourself before your relationship and your child, and do what you need to do to find your peace and to find the woman that you need to be for yourself and for your child. And if that means you know working and staying together, or if that means being apart, then that that's okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is it how do you overcome and at, at least in your experience, the fear of like the unknown? So I know for a lot of moms, like part of the reason they want that, like, I need to be with my child 24-7 and I need to like give everything is that level of like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. So I need to try to control the, the potential factors, limit them um, by doing all these things.
1: Yeah, that was exactly me too. <laughs> I I felt the need to control so that I knew what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. So that I knew that nothing bad would happen to yeah. her or to me and i had to learn that i have to trust that my ability to parent her and guide her properly would allow her to make the decisions that she makes and that because i got i guided her in a way that i felt was best that i could trust in that and i have to let go of that anxiety of not knowing what could happen because the reality is is that we can't protect them and save them from everything in the world even though we want to and that creates helicopter parents for sure. And I see that, you know, I I see that. I, I, I find myself being that sometimes I can't help it. You know, I love her so much and I want her to be safe and I want her to, I don't want anybody to hurt her or I don't want anything to happen to her, but I have to let her experience the things that everyone's going to experience. And I can't, I can't save her. You know, I have to be able to trust in my ability to parent.
0: Yeah. What is that like? Um, how did you come to a place where you were like, okay, I trust how I'm parenting. Cause I don't think as parents, we ever think about like, do I trust what I'm doing? Like I'm doing what I can, but do I trust my own parenting?
1: Um, probably when, again, I had to split that time up with her. Okay. Where I had to let go of it. I just had to let go of of what was happening when I wasn't there to see what was happening and to, have the routine in place I had to be like okay I have to let go of this anxiety had to let go of this need of control and when I realized that it actually was great like she was coming back to spend her time with me and here I am in my mind thinking what if she's having ice cream every day what if he's not feeding her right (laughs) what if he's like taking her here and there and I don't want her there what if this is happening what if he doesn't watch her good enough and she like slips away you know but I had to let go of that and I come to I came to realize that he was a great father and I didn't need to be having that, that control over the situation. And it brought me so much peace. I I was able to let my guard down and be so much less anxiety ridden from that situation. Just simply, just simply being okay with whatever happens.
0: Okay. Okay. Do you, what advice do you have for people to start like letting go control who may feel like, you know, what you just described is like impossible for them?
1: Mm, that's a good question because I can't really even say I can't really even say what I did
0: yeah that's okay I was was kind of
1: forced to I was kind of forced to to be honest sometimes that's just what happens you have you're forced into the situation but I think again prioritizing yourself and giving yourself space um will allow you to do that inevitably
0: okay okay now um Now, we talked a lot about like transitions and you've experienced multiple different transition periods Mm -hmm. in motherhood. What do you feel is the best thing that people can do to help make transitions into motherhood and into the different phases of motherhood? Um, There's that kind of stuff in general.
1: Well, I think that having a community is definitely number one. Yeah. Having you know, wise counsel in terms of maybe that's your mother, maybe that's your grandmother, maybe it's your neighbor, you know, having other women that are able to help you in that that space. Yeah. Um, and having help, allowing yourself to have help, not trying to say like I can do it all. I'm super we know super woman. (laughs) Because I I like to always say I'm super mom. I can do everything. Yes. But allowing people to help when they want to help. Because as cliche as it sounds, you know, it does take a village. It really does. Yeah. And you need that help if you want to progress forward yourself.
0: Yes. And so when it comes to have a community, have your village, how, who are the people that are in your village? Um, and how did you identify who could be in your village? You know, cause it's hard to trust other people with your daughter, do- like with your daughter. Um, and in general, especially when it comes to our kids.
1: Yeah. So my mom was definitely obviously my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was great. I mean, she still works full time because she's a young grandmother. So she, uh, but she really stepped into that when I moved out on my own because I did live at home when I was in college. But I really kind of took over the parenting role where I did not allow my parents to help much because I wanted to show them that I could do it myself. Yeah. Um, but when I moved on my own, she was just very willing to to take her on the weekends or take her when I, during the week when I needed to go into work or whatever it was. And even that I felt, you know, because we all have a past where, where we feel like there's things that we want to fix from how we were parented. And so we don't want to send our child into a situation where the same thing can happen to them. Yeah. But that's something I had to kind of let go of also, you know, I had to be okay um, having the help that I have and realizing that it's really good. I have good help. I have good count. I have good wise women in my life that are willing to help me. And like I said, my mom was one of them and I have some friends who unfortunately don't live around here, but given the chance, I'm sure they would be more physically helpful. Um, I have church friends. I have uh, like high school friends, college friends, you know, everyone more than willing to step in and lend a hand if they, if they want to. But I will say majority have been women, not intentionally. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Do you, what advice do you have for um, women out there who are like, I don't have a community right now, but like, I would like one. What's kind of the first step that they can do to kind of like look around and identify those people who would be great in, you know, their tight-knit community or their village?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I always say social media can have its pros and cons Yeah. Um, for sure. But I feel like social media is such a huge outlet to reach other like-minded women in yeah. any space you know yeah. you can find people and women and communities that are so like minded in the spaces yeah. of social media and network with them and and connect with them you know i i personally found that in my church family um, but also social media i i found countless women that i felt like have given me such good advice that i don't even personally hang out with but yeah. but i find their pages and i look through their content and i'm like wow this is yeah. impactful you know i yeah. reach out to them and so utilizing that, you know, even yeah. if you don't feel like you have that in your interpersonal life or um, your previous situations, just yeah. utilizing um, social media for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. So what are kind of the things, now that we're getting into like the depths of motherhood and the advice for people, what are the things that you feel like about being a mom, being a single mom that aren't talked, in, like, t- aren't talked about or aren't talked enough about people with people in general.
1: Um, Okay. The biggest thing I feel like is when they tell new moms that it gets easier. Oh yeah. It gets easier. It gets easier. Okay. (laughs) True. But (laughs) certain things get easier, right? Like the sleepless nights, that gets easier, Yeah. but it's evolving. It is ever changing. While it might get easier to take care of a newborn and have more sleep, um, it gets harder in different areas when they're in preschool age because yeah. it becomes more about temperaments and yes. regulating their feelings and emotions, which yes. for me, I have found so much harder than staying <laughs> up all night. You know? So, yeah. one of the biggest things that I wish they would tell more mothers is that it doesn't necessarily get easier, but I don't like the words easy and hard. It just evolves, yeah. it changes, it gets, yeah. it, you have to be able to adapt with your child as they grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think too, just the ups and downs of the daily routine. I mean, you can have one really good day and one not so good day, but it's okay because we don't have to be perfect. And I know I strove to be just this perfect mother. I had to read all these books. I wanted to know everything. (laughs) I didn't want to make one mistake. And I'm I'm like, that's not even possible. You have to be okay (laughs) learning. Motherhood is about learning too, you know?
0: Yeah, I always joke around with people. I'm like, Parenthood is not about like, oh, I'm like, yes, you're responsible, you're physically responsible for this human being, but it's kind of just like, God plopped this human and was like, here, just manage this human show them how to be a human. And like, and then eventually they'll go and they'll do it on their own. Um, because I, I used to think that it was much more of like, I have to save her from everything and I have to protect her from absolutely everything. But in reality, like life is going to show her and give her hardships that I cannot control. And so I just have to show up every day and love the crap out of her and, and give what I can give. And sometimes it's like, I can give a hundred percent. And other times I'm like, I just need the TV to babysit you for like an hour. (laughs) yes it's terrible I, I used to think that was terrible now I'm like no 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 yes yeah I'm like Sophia Sophie the first say less okay yes <laughs> yes absolutely
1: I love that you bring up love because that was one of the things that I was reading through these questions and I'm like you know love is just the answer to everything I know that that sounds too simple but it is just over materialistic needs it is over perfection just loving your child is really the first priority it, it is yeah. just the most important thing
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely think I even when it comes to the personal peace and anything, it's like loving your child over everything and loving yourself because I have found that in the moments where I always love my child, but in the moments where I am not loving myself and I am abandoning myself, are the moments when it is very hard for me to show up with love as a parent. Where I'm putting all of this pressure on myself and I'm I'm more short-tempered, I'm more, you know, I'm unable to engage and connect the way that I want to. So I'm glad that you said that because I even feel that it's that way on just like across the board, <laughs> anything that's has to do with parenthood.
1: Yeah, and that bleeds into the children. I, I've seen it yeah. firsthand. You know, your emotional and mental state mm-hmm. starts to manifest into them. And then you're like, you're wondering why you can't get a hold of, you know, their temperaments. And yeah. you're over here with the same temperaments. Yeah. But you're just more <laughs> internal because you know how to internalize yes. it and compartmentalize it. And they're over there having, you know, a tantrum, but I don't like calling it that, but you know, having an emotional outbreak and you're trying to regulate them, but you're trying to regulate yourself. And you have to realize that like your mental state, your emotional state, very much so, especially as a single mom and the only person in the household dictates theirs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, um, where sometimes I'm like, oh, this is, you know, single parenthood is where I'm like, oh, this is a little bit harder. I mean, of course it is. But sometimes when I'm like upset and I tell her, I try to like be very, cause I like, we ha- try to have very open conversations about our emotions in the house. And I'm just like, I'm just having a heavy emotions day. I'm just, I'm feeling this way. And she's very much like, oh, well, mom, let me let me help you. Let me take care of you. And I'm like, no, that's not like your job. And so I always am just yeah. like, I her mean, to know it's not her job to take care of other people, even though I'm like, that is how I show up every single day
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's wow yeah I love that because (laughs) Tayave is the same way she just is so I feel like children are so just innately loving and nurturing and they just want to help you and they want to be there and yeah. you have to, you have to, you know, set the boundaries where you don't want them to feel like they have to be responsible yeah. for your emotional and mental state, because that yeah. creates a lot of problems. I mean, oh, yeah. firsthand, I know that. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and um, so, but I'm very open with her, you know, I'll cry and for her. I'll say, I'm, yeah. I'm having a hard day. Yeah. Mommy's crying because I feel this way. I just feel like transparency and honesty is the best way for them to learn. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And I, a lot of parents um, that I've worked with in therapy, they'll be shocked when we talk about that, that the best way to parent and to be able to like show up with love for your kids is honest, honesty and transparency. Um, How do you see that play out with, with her? Like, how do you feel like that's impacted your daughter?
1: She has been able to express herself much better. Yeah. Yeah. When she has emotional, big emotions or big emotional outbreaks. She's able to identify her emotion and she's able to relate to me what she needs and what she wants. And it is so much easier to diffuse the situation when I know what the problem is and and it's so much easier to know what the problem is when she can identify what she's feeling, you know, and just again, being open and showing her what different emotions look like is how she has learned to identify those emotions herself. Yeah. So I am just all for it. Yeah, I'm all for just being <laughs> completely vulnerable and yes. open with your child. I know it's like not something, it's a taboo thing to do sometimes, um, but I I love that it's more more of a open concept in this generation. I, I love that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Instead of the like, you don't know what's actually going on. Like I grew up in a household where my parents did not, tried not to show their emotions, but you always knew when something was off. Mm, you just you feel know. it. Yes. And yeah. like so then you're kind of like walking around on tippy toes and not sure how or whatever. So I like that was my thing that I took away. I was like, I want her to understand that it's okay to have feelings and it is okay mm-hmm. to feel them out loud in your home. So that was like a big yep. big thing for me. Um yeah, so I love what, that. what advice do you have for other young moms, moms in general, maybe people who just found out they were pregnant when they were not planning it at all? <laughs> that kind of <laughs>
1: Um, okay. First and foremost, give yourself grace, Mm. give yourself so much grace and learn to forgive yourself often and just do better when you know better. (laughs) You know, don't, don't put yourself down saying, Oh, I should have done that better. Like, it's okay. Let it go. Just do better now. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think too, having time to give yourself mental resets or, I like to meditate. I, I have a lot of stress management techniques that I teach my clients. I have a lot of resources for morning time routines, especially single moms. Having a routine in place is a yeah. really good start. Um, journaling for me is obviously prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything that gets you into a mental calmness where we don't have that chaos going on in our minds that you know is just so prevalent yeah. in motherhood.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and allow yourself to be offered the help. I know I keep saying that, but that is just a huge thing. That is yeah, just it's, such a huge thing to, for new moms.
0: Because it felt like accepting help was like accepting that I'm not enough or accepting that I'm not good enough or whatever it is that I'm working towards, which is crazy. It's crazy. We would yeah. never tell our kids, like, don't ask for help. Like we would
1: never. Right. I know. I don't know why I've always felt the need to be a super mom. Yeah. But I'm like, nobody nobody's asking me to be that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm not even
1: asking me to be that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what um what yeah, I know you said you you always recommend like creating some type of routine, like internal peace mm-hmm. routine. Are there kind of primary things that people should look to integrate into their routine when they're becoming a mom or they're preparing to become a mom? Or maybe they're just like, I need some type of internal peace that I'm just not. Able to connect with?
1: Well, for me, the biggest thing is having a bedtime routine for her. Okay. okay. So that the time at night where she's already asleep at a very specific time, because at the beginning, I'll be honest, I let her stay up and go to sleep whenever. It was just easier for me during yeah. school to let her be so exhausted and go to sleep that she yeah. slept until 10 a.m. so that yeah. I could get work done. Yeah. But then I was like, that is honestly making it a lot harder for me because then I'm exhausted yeah. because I'm yeah. waking up at 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, so I needed to fight through that battle to integrate a routine for her so okay. that, you know, she had a certain bedtime so that in the night I had my time to journal and to read and to reflect, um, okay. to sit in meditation. And then in the morning I would wake up before her and I'd exercise, I would sit down. I have this, um, frequency music that I listen to, uh, yeah. um, and I put my AirPods in and I stretch and I listen yeah. to, it and it just, it really brings me to this just calm mental state I could be so anxious and I put this music on and I sit down and I start just moving my body freely yeah and I feel like the stress melts away the anxiety melts away not forever but it's a temporarily it's a temporary reset to be able to organize my thoughts for the day yeah so I would say you know implementing a routine for her is the best way to implement a routine for myself
0: okay that's awesome and I think that's like a very good starting place for a lot of people And it's, it's funny that you were talking about like just stretching, but sometimes that is all, all that you need, because even though it might be very temporary, like break from anxiety, it's showing your body and reminding your body what it's like to not feel in a survival state 24 seven. It's, mm-hmm. I'll have, I always tell clients, I'm like, whatever you need to do to remind your body, what it physically feels like to not be anxious do it for five minutes. Every yes, day.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because <laughs> that can really, man, that can really impact every facet of your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now any, like any other advice uh, when it comes to personal peace or growing into, you know, your parenting roles or just things that you want to share with people? Um,
1: other than what I've said. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think I have. Okay. I mean just just doing the best that you can yeah. and knowing that you are not alone. Yeah. And that you yourself are loved. Yeah. And that you have a purpose. Yes. Um and boldly reaffirming that to yourself daily.
0: That's awesome. Now how can people get in contact with you or do you have any services or any how can people work with you if they want to work with you that kind of thing? So right now I'm on a
1: little bit of a hiatus. I know I took I told okay. you that I'm on a mental health break myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do have an Instagram that I can I can give you. Um, and I'll put it in the link. Yeah, sure. Um, so can get into contact with me that way. I plan on using that page as an outlet to grow my new page, which is going to be nutritional counseling, everything mm-hmm. holistic, healing, herbalism. Yeah. So like that! I'm so exciting. Um, and so hopefully that's going to be on the way in about two months awesome. so yeah anyone's interested that's
0: where you can find me perfect thank you so much yeah thank you I love this conversation thank you so much for spending time with me today if you liked what you heard share a rate and subscribe to this podcast your support means so much to me And I love sharing all this information with you. So if you heard something that really resonated or felt inspiring, make sure to share with a friend or family. Have a great day. See you next time.